0: Well, welcome everyone, and uh, isn't it a beautiful day? My goodness. I mean, it's like perfect, and when we were coming here, it's like, oh my gosh, it's just a luscious, luscious time of year. I think we're like at some zenith of the creation right now, and so it's wonderful to be with you. I couldn't be more grateful, uh, especially for uh, Pete and Lynn and the family fest I've been around it and I've spoken at the weekends uh, years ago. And, and uh, I'm just so grateful for these guys, they have such a heart for mission and life and, and building up families. And so, just thank you, Peter, for having me. It's really, really a pleasure. So, thank you. And what a great facility we have here! It's just awesome. I spend a lot of time at camps and properties, and you know, my expectations are like. You know, and, and I'm like, wow, this is way past my expectations, so isn't this place great? So it's awesome. Um, I have uh, a great pleasure of having five children, Sue and I, and that might even be a, some picture that might appear of us, and they are uh, from 27 to 17, my family, and uh, this is us in San Francisco, the, my Josh's son on the right, he works out there these days. And so Sue, in the middle of my wife, she's just beloved. She actually teaches at Hope Academy in inner city Minneapolis. She's a science and math teacher, and she uh, is an administrator at upper school. I'm not going to go through them all. There, there's five of them, so there's probably too long, but uh, just a great, uh, great... I'm still too old to have a 17-year-old, but don't do the math. Just live by faith. That's all we got. <laughs> and so thank you, Joe. And uh, um, We uh, have such an adventure, and I have spent my whole life and career... Uh, running after what I call disinterested young people. And our mission in Young Life is truly seeking after those who are far out and all kinds of kids and what we call disinterested. So our mission is truly seeking the lost and the out there and the wildest craziest kids we could ever find. And so you'll find that some stories that I have are kind of laced with a career in youth ministry. And youth ministry is a dynamic and crazy thing to do and give yourself to because the definition of adolescence is people in crisis. It's just by definition. You know, I mean, adults are like this. They have this foundation um, and they're like, storms will come, and adults are like this, but adolescents, their whole life is flipped upside down, and so their fulcrum is, I have a zit, <laughs> just knocks them off, you know, and so if this is our life, chasing these kids, woo-hoo, and uh, it's crazy time, and so we would spend our lives, and, and our whole bunch of leaders would get every kid we could possibly get on a bus going to some camp, we have one right up here, and Pelican uh, Rapids, called the Castaway Club, but we have 25 of these around the country. And so we would spend our lives just filling buses up, and there might even be a picture of a bus here, that uh, it's, it's a you know Google image, this isn't real probably. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, uh, but we would fill buses, it's like we're in the bus business, and we bust young souls out everywhere. And like crazy stories, like we'd pick up kids that ran away from home, in somewhere in Nebraska, and say, "Hey, get on the bus with us." We, we had some connection, and we like went and found this kid that was literally ran away from home, and we picked him up and took him to Frontier Ranch. Best week of his life out in Colorado, and so we had these all these stories. And so, uh, one time we had several buses going out to uh, Frontier Ranch, and you know we go through the night to get there. So it's you know it's like. 18 hours or whatever, and uh, so you'd spend a lot of time on the bus. Definition of wow, and uh, and so we're on this bus, and, and we have a couple buses with us, and we and it's 2 a.m. and the bus driver, of course, has to take a little comfort station, and, and so I'm 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 kind of awake, so I sit out by the door, and everybody's just it was after camp, it was on our way back actually, and uh, and and I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, you know, we. The bus driver gets back on, and and, uh, so we get back on the bus, and we start going down the road, and one of the very responsible leaders in our group um, comes up to me, and she goes, Brad, I'm almost positive someone got off this bus while we took a break. I'm like, Amy, no way. I was standing there the whole time. There's no way. A kid got off this bus, and she goes, "Okay, but I kind of thought I I woke up, and I kind of thought this kid got off." And I'm like, "No, we're fine." And so we're cruising down the road and getting back to Minneapolis, and uh, and this was in Nebraska, I think, and off of off a rest area, and um, and so we're cruising down I-80 or whatever it is, and and all of a sudden this eighteen-wheel truck just drives right next to us. And in the passenger side window <laughs> is this kid going. <laughs> and we're like, Amy, is that him? <laughs> yeah. And so, sure enough, we pull over, and this kid comes up just shaking. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> and so the story is so great. Because so I was like, let's interrogate what really happened here. He goes, well, I mean, we have all kinds of crazy kids, so beware. But this kid says, well, I, you know, I kind of had an experience with God at Frontier. It was awesome. But I just wanted to I wanted to, the rest stop, I just wanted to have one more cigarette. So he goes out and has one more smoke, you know. And, and he uh, went, this is my last one. I, I swore to God that I was going to quit. You know? and, and, and so and so he, he he gets off as a smoking man and he goes, then, Brad, I saw the bus going down the exit ramp. This is awesome. And the kids just run away. Wait for me. And then I was like, well, what happened then? I went to a, a truck driver and just said, would you take me that way? And so the bus driver's chair will be glad to help us. It's just crazy times. And life is an adventure, isn't it? And uh, all the voices, the voices that ring in our head. Could you imagine the voices in this kid's head? My parents will never, you know. Or the voices of Amy in my ear going, Brad. I'm sure we left a kid. You know, it's like, no. (laughs) And uh, it's just interesting when you think about the voices that we bring to the table. I mean, science would say that 95% maybe of our voices are just right between our ears. And the voices that say all kinds of things. And what are the sources of these voices? What are the voices that come to you? And it might be voices of culture. And the voices of culture these days are really difficult. There might be really challenging voices. Often it might be uh, voices of performance, voices of achievement, voices of shame, voices of blame, voices of, I'm not good enough, I'm not good looking enough. I'm not, I'm not. Voices of, I wish I could have, I should have. And there's these voices that might be ringing right here, but also there's lots of voices that come to us from culture. All kinds of uh, messages that come to us, especially with these, uh, these crazy things around that are just like, whoa, just, uh, and all the things you see on media is, oh, all these people are having such an awesome time in Alexandria. Why aren't I? And so we have this giant sense of FOMO going on all the time. The fear of missing out or the fear of these voices that are saying, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I wish, I wish, I wish. And the sources of these voices are multiple, depends on your lens. And the lens is, could be from our family of origin, could be from long ago, could be from uh, folks that we hang around with or competing with our neighbors of keeping up with the Joneses or what have you. There's all kinds of voices. And my invitation this week is, is discerning the voices and how are we gonna have some wisdom around the voices that we listen to, and also the voices of uh, context of of maybe what God might have to do with this. And so, um, getting into this, uh, I am, my sons are scientists and mathematicians and I'm not sure where they got all that. I mean, my, my kids, they got all the looks and all the brains from somebody else. wasn't me. And so it was uh, truly the other side. I married up big time. People call me the noble man because I married up so big time. And so they're into physics and science, and, and they talk to me about these crazy things. It's like, Dad, you know Einstein? He only had two suits. Really? Yeah. Because Einstein wanted to keep his brain so uncluttered. He only had two suits, one for work and one for travel. Because he didn't want anything else to clutter up his brain about choices to make, about what to wear. So he wanted to clear out his brain so he could think about unbelievable things. And so physics and relativity and all these things. And and his, his one thing, if you read about him, it's really interesting, his one thing is finding and he th- always thought he could see it he always thought he could prove it and throw this picture of einstein i think it's up there joe and uh, yeah crazy look at that crazy cat it looks like a professor you know and so um, but he always wanted to find this and he said i can see it it's almost there i could almost prove it and it was he called it the unifying force the force that holds It's like the universal glue that holds the entire universe together. And he always thought he could prove it. He always thought, if I could just analytically prove that there is some force in the cosmos that has, is holding this whole thing together. And it's interesting to consider if you look at this uh, book, this love story called the Bible, and it's interesting. This story about almost proving the unifying force, the unifying force that holds the whole cosmos together. And in the very beginning, as we know, I know that you know God. You know he had this group. He had a committee up there called. The Son and the Holy Spirit, they get together, and they create everything. And the really, really good news is that he created us. And it's really fascinating to look at, especially at the beginning of uh, the Gospel of John. And um, it's the first chapter. And this kind of gets into this a little bit is in the beginning was the Word. and the Logos, it's called, or actually the unifying force. In the beginning was this force. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus and God, with the Holy Spirit, was right there in the beginning, and nothing, anything that was made, was made through him. And there's really, really good news about this today, and even in the Psalms it says this, that we are a product of that original creation. No matter how long it took, doesn't matter, long, long time probably, is that you were created it says in the Psalms, he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were ever even thought of by your parents. And it's amazing to consider. And in the, in the, in the early beginnings of the Bible, it says, they made us, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, in their image we are God image bearers. We were made in the image of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We made them in our image. And that is a very powerful idea. And just to unpack the image bearer is that we are amazing, wonderfully incredibly created. In my world, I also get to work with all kinds of friends with all kinds of abilities and some with really strong and amazing needs, but at the same time, unbelievably gifted. They are image bearers. We are image bearers from the beginning And image-bearing has some significant weight to it, and here's why. Not just considering ourselves, that God didn't make any junk. He didn't mess up. You are not a mistake. You are not even an accident. There's a reason and a purpose for you as image-bearer. And that is amazing news in the beginning. He created you, the image-bearer. And the other good news about that, I believe, is that everyone, everybody is image-bearing. And it's really hard to be uh, frustrated or maybe even angry or disappointed when you think of somebody else as... They are created by God. They are image bearers. It's very difficult to consider uh, another human being if you look at them as they are also image bearers. God created them. And for some reason, I think that might flip everything upside down right here in attitude toward. Might be totally different. Might be absolutely from a whole different world, different culture, different everything. Might be believe and think completely other stuff. And the good news is, they're image bearers. And that has some commonality, some way to gracefully bring us together. And so we are image bearers. The story goes on, and without all things were made, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so, interestingly, so, and it keeps going here, and I think this might be up there, is, and the word became flesh. The unifying force, the logos, became flesh. And it says here, and dwelt among us. And uh, yeah, we, we, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's a cool thing. The word became flesh. What does that mean? Is that God in the triad sent his son, the incarnation. And Eugene Peterson says right here, it's awesome. Jesus came and moved into our neighborhood Jesus came to show us what God was like. Jesus came to incarnate the image of God. God in a bod, 100% God, 100% human, experienced everything that humans experienced, runny noses, hunger, everything that we're going through as image bearers. 100% God, 100% man, making him 200% amazing. And he came to show us what God was like. He came to show us Every question that we'd have, every voice that we would think about, everything that comes to us in context of culture or context of the voices going on in our brains, he came to show us what God was like. As we examine him, as we look at him, we see everything about what God was like. If we look at Jesus' character, if we looked at how he rolled with people and how he loved amazing and unconditionally, God in a bod came to move into our neighborhood. And we have seen his glory, the only son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And I think that Jesus came to give us a new voice, to tell us what it's like to be connected to the creator. I believe he came to tell us a new voice, to tell us a voice of reason, the unifying force that would bring us together and show what God is like. And that is the invitation of this week, a chance to reconnect, a chance to investigate, who is this guy? And we're going to look at that quite a bit. But the one thing I really was fascinated with when I think about Jesus and and on earth, this happened several times. And on earth, it happened uh, just a few times, but when it happened, it was amazing. When Jesus and God on earth actually visibly and got together, it's amazing what God, the Father, told his Son. And this is the, the news of the day. And this is something I'd like for you to ponder. Is, and it, it started with the baptism of Jesus when he was baptized. And it said, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. So imagine like we're looking up at the sky right now out by this wonderful lake and all of a sudden the heavens split open like a zipper in the sky. And in that, in that Greek word that says tore open, actually the Greek is a word for schism, which is sheared open, cut open the spirit descending so god the spirit and jesus all in one cosmic spot right here on earth and whatever happens right then check this out cuz that's big i mean that is quite a road show quite a light show and everybody's attention <sighs> and a voice came from heaven whatever this is, whatever this voice is going to say right now is big whatever this voice and a voice came from heaven you are my beloved with whom i am well pleased you are my beloved this is father and son together and the words were not. The voice was not. You know, my, 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 my kids say this sometimes. Well, Dad, don't be sorry. Just be better. <laughs> it's like, ah, there's a voice. <laughs> and yet, it wasn't a voice of shame. It wasn't a voice of guilt. It wasn't a voice of do better. Come on, son, let's go. It oh, was it? the voice of the father telling his son, you are beloved. With whom I am well pleased. And I would argue, venture to say, and this is us considering the voices that are coming at us, either here or from out there. I think that Jesus and his voice to us, the one full of grace, the one full of truth, He comes to us, image bearers. You are beloved. With whom I am well pleased. Don't miss that voice. This is the voice of grace. The voice of mercy. The voice of our Creator turning to us and saying, You are beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Consider these voices. Consider that voice, O oh, image bearer. You are beloved. I'm going to pray. And Peter, the expert and, oh, amazingly uh, ingenuitive and brilliant on setting up some small groups for us, because every time that we have one of these chats, you're going to have a chance to process together, a chance to break it down, as we say. In young life, we call them cabin times. We're going to have a little cabin time. And, uh, um, but uh, Peter's going to describe how that goes with, uh, and you know, make, make some assignments around that but I want to say thank you thank you for uh, letting me share we are off on an amazing adventure kind of like a bus ride and uh, let's not get lost <laughs> and it's so great to hear your kids out there In in doing all their things, and I saw canoes coming around the corner today with all these kids like, and they're just having the greatest time. And it's so awesome that you have an investment in community, in your family, and giving them such an awesome, rich experience where they could grow. And I want to just affirm you for that. So, thanks for coming this week, and and we're going to have a great time. Let's pray. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on our souls. Lord, we are grateful for each soul here, each soul that you created as image bearer. Lord, we pray for your voice to ring true to us this week as we look at you, discover you, the unifying force that you call us beloved, and that let us discern and discover the voices that are going on. And Lord, let us hear yours this weekend. Lord, we love you, we honor you, we worship you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you.